leftover. So the last bread that Catherine made was a um, like really kind of whole wheat seedy one that had like sunflower seeds and poppy seeds and all stuff on it. And we liked it so much, she decided that she was going to make an everything bagel bread, which ah. was awesome. So she did that this last weekend, and it is delicious. The top is all everything bagel seasoning, and it's all inside as well. Ooh. Oh, that's but it's, amazing. It's not as dense as a as a bagel, right? Because it's a bread, so you can have like sure, yeah. everything bagel sandwiches, kind of everything bagel bread sandwiches. It's good. Mm-hmm. It's really good. That um, sounds awesome. I don't know why it's not a thing. Why is everything bagel bread not been a thing I've ever seen before? Did we just uh, did, did you just get rich? I maybe maybe <laughs> I should start a bake. I'm not doing anything right now. <laughs> yeah, start a bakery. You're just um, the face on the logo. Yeah, exactly. On each piece of bread, there's Although a Although I'd actually recommend here. going with her face over yours. So I don't mm. know what, what uh, role you will play. No, that's probably right. Um, I, uh, the money man? Just kidding. I don't have any money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to find some angel investors or something. Yeah. Oh, boy. Hello and welcome to episode 20 of the Arena Regulars podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Jeff. And we are your source for drunken Magic the Gathering arena content. Yeah, regular dudes drinking irregular beer, talking about regulated magic play, and <laughs> in, an irregu- in a non-regulated podcast form. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, what he said, perfect. Um, uh, this week we're just going to be talking about the season's end and the past league weekend that we just had. Uh, called Heim League Weekend number two. But first, each week, we both bring a beer, we drink our own, then drink each other's, then rate them on a scale of bronze to mythic and save or choose the best for last. So with that, Jeff, what's on tap? So we are continuing our Rorschach tap takeover from last episode. So mm-hmm. we both brought beers from Rorschach. And this time, we're even doing a battle of the stouts. We are. <laughs> so we each brought some stouts here. I mean, I've already had a couple of sips, so that's why I'm like already messing up. <laughs> uh, Mine is, let's see if I can do this in one try. Okay, here we go. Malevolent Benevolence. It's an Imperial Stout at 11.9%. It's barrel-aged in tequila barrels. Yeah, baby. particular one that we have. (laughs) And boy, does it pack a punch. What what did you bring? Oh, I brought Decadence. Uh, This is their pecan sticky bun version, and it's a chocolate milk stout in 7%. Um, That's it? Yeah. It's uh, going to be be a night. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be one of those nights. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, but let's just jump right into things. Um, In magic news, we had spoilers again. What? (laughs) More spoilers. (laughs) Uh, We actually did know about these ones. This was for Time Spiral Remastered. Uh, However, it is called a remastered set, but it's not going to be on Arena. Um, So it's just Time Spiral uh, for paper again, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, I guess they're just continuing the, like, remastered brand into paper yeah well. moving i guess they're gonna be moving that over so now remastered sets doesn't only mean arena content um which is important because mm-hmm. for a while i wasn't uh, sure if it was going to be on arena or not um so they're basically redoing time spiral they're like reprinting the whole set essentially um and then they're also putting old border frames on any cards that people like that are only new border Right, not every card, but some cards that have never appeared in Old Border before will appear with the Old Border. Yes, that are not part of the Time Spiral uh, block from before. 
Um, right. Which is awesome. That's like the best part, really. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I'm kind of hoping, like you said, it wasn't coming to Arena, but I'm kind of hoping that card styles for any of the cards that happen to be on Arena as well come to the store so that I can pick those up. Yeah, because <laughs> I don't... I I never recommend buying card styles unless it's something awesome like this. So Exactly. <laughs> uh, please, please give me an old board with thought sees. <laughs> Uh, exactly I would that's the one i want to <laughs> immediately snap it up yeah. that and sram if i could have sram for my uh auras deck that'd be great yeah i don't know if there's any other ones that i've seen that are even on arena that i mm -hmm. was thinking oh that'd be perfect but thoughtsies definitely i was like that has to be a card style right it's gotta be <laughs> yeah um but uh we have a new segment that we're calling twitter tweets <laughs> i did not <laughs> run that fast jeff i just decided that's what it's called <laughs> Sure. <laughs> um, I thought that's just what you were like labeling it here. <laughs> it is. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to call it that. Who cares? All right. Okay. So the uh, Twitter tweets this week, um, Magic Esports had like a very controversial tweet that they put out and just had everybody up in arms about it. Uh, and it was basically just poking fun at Tron players. So I'm pretty sure the, tw the, the tweet said, why are Tron players the way they are? And, right. you know, that's just kind of like... It, they were trying to make it like this jokey kind of thing where you're like, oh, you know, kind of a, poking a little fun at people that play a certain deck. And wow, did it just spiral out of control. Are you sure? I think it's just a valid question. <laughs> <laughs> um, Why do people think they can play seven drops on turn three and yeah. not get hated on? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, there was a lot of backlash of people. You know, people rip on Tron players a lot, but usually it's not from like a wizard's like account. And I don't sure. know if that was specifically why, but people really got up in arms about uh, hating on people to play certain types of decks, um, you know, bringing up everyone, you know, has their own play style or play pattern and magic is for all of us and a lot of different things like that. Um, so much so that Magic Esports came out with an apology to this tweet. Right, and deleted the tweet. <laughs> yeah, that seemed... Uh, and I think another thing, somebody had... Uh, com commented on the their first tweet and basically was explaining why they didn't like it. And um, all Magic Esports wrote back was, guess we found the Tron player. And then it kind of exploded from there. So it was like ridiculing someone for explaining why they didn't appreciate what they had done. And then everybody uh, was... Yeah, that maybe wasn't that, so hot. I yeah, mean, that wasn't so great. I think... Uh, I agree with everything they're saying, right? It, like, mm -hmm. it's not really a healthy part of the game that people get made fun of for what decks they pick and stuff yeah. like that. But at the same time, like, I'm going to rag on my friends, you know, almost no matter what deck they pick, if it's different than mine, as just, like, a friendly thing. Yeah. So this maybe being a bit too sensitive, I think. I don't think anybody at, you know, Magic Esports actually thinks that Tron players are bad human beings no. or something. Um they're just trying to join in. They're just trying to drum up some sort of like discussion and like just, you know, people talking. That's, and they want people to be talking surrounded about what they're saying. You know, that's kind of what social media is all about. Um, and it, For sure. so I, I also completely understand where they're coming from as far as like where, why they tweeted something like that. Um, I thought the backlash wasn't completely deserved, but it also, you know, all the things that they were saying were valid. You know, you shouldn't demonize people for, playing certain decks but um even if it's like blue white auras though 
like boggles players right we, we gotta let them have it no boggles players are perfectly fine i don't know what you're talking about i don't know golgari players it's terrible the graveyard is, the this should not be part of your hand i think we should cream of the crop <laughs> um so that seemed you know a little i mean it, it, there's first there's the people that are upset about the tweet and then there's the people that are upset about the people that are upset about the tweet and then it right. just blows into a whole thing and that's basically what happened and that's why we're kind of bringing that up i mean i think it's a bit overly sensitive but the magic community especially on twitter has already shown itself to be overly sensitive so i think magic esports whoever wrote the tweet could maybe have predicted this yeah that's um, kind of my take on it my biggest thing was that it seemed like after that they were afraid to tweet anything and so they weren't doing a fantastic job uh tweeting about the league weekend which i was like i was really looking That's forward to what you were going to be posting about standings or what to watch or um all that stuff throughout the weekend and it felt like that account uh i think all of that happened on friday so they were like kind of mia and not really tweeting much um which they was, were just posting like updates after every round yeah. of the league standings. So it was like, which is oh, great, but yeah, which is good. It just seemed like, oh, that's a bummer. Um, mm -hmm. Which is, that that didn't really happen, but uh, I think it's fine to dislike a deck. There's nothing wrong with that. Like there are plenty of decks that I've truly not enjoyed playing against, and I'm like, I would I would enjoy this game more if this was not a part of the metagame. Um, but there's two things. One, you have to understand that. Not everyone has the same deck that, that they feel that way about. Mm -hmm. if, if they do, then that deck just gets banned. Because if everybody hates it, mm -hmm. they ban it. They've shown that in the past. Yeah. With stuff like, um, you know, the uh, Lantern of Insight combo deck. Yeah. Um, mostly just got banned, not even for power level reasons. It was quite good, but mostly just because it was a... Nobody enjoyed playing against it. But the other thing is, like, you can never hate, let your, like, disdain for a deck move on to the player who's playing that deck exactly. you have to understand those are two different things and mm -hmm. you know that player is maybe just choosing this deck because they enjoy playing it from that side which is a different thing than playing against it or they just thought it was a good choice for this metagame or whatever you know like yeah exactly. or maybe even the you know sometimes it's like they met up with a friend and their friend had this extra modern deck so they played that modern deck you know there's, there's no reason to hate a player for bringing a deck you don't like. Exactly. And, you know, there's obviously a difference between ribbing, you know, your friend or whatever about what deck they brought. It is important to know that, like, this was just kind of a cute ribbing and in no way hate speech or, um, you know, obviously it's not the same as, like, racism or sexism or um, anything like that, transphobia. So uh, yeah. also seeing the difference between those things. Um, yeah, like I imagine it as, you know, if I sit down at a modern tournament against somebody and they play Tron, mm -hmm. you know, Tron land on turn one, I'm not going to be, and I don't know them, I'm not going to say, oh, why are you the way that you are? Which I think is how everyone's interpreting it. Yeah. I'm kind of thinking like, oh, I meet up with my friends at the event, say, hey, what are you playing today? I know them really well. He's like, oh, I brought Tron. I'll be like, oh, why are you the way that you are? Yeah. You know? <laughs> that and one so... I would do and the first one I would not do. Exactly. Um, so, and I guess Magic Esports is not our friend. It's just kind of like a, it's a, a it's not a person, right? It just is like a, a account as opposed to a player that's ribbing their friend that they personally know. Obviously. Yeah. Anyway, we've talked about this way too much already as Twitter has already <laughs> talked about it, but, uh, it is what happened. And so we just wanted to touch on that. 
Yeah, the other thing kind of zooming around the Twitterverse was just that uh, it kind of happens every league weekend, but a few players just comment on how stressful playing in league weekends is. Mm -hmm. Um, Because playing in these huge tournaments, you're often, well, you're excited too, so you're getting very little sleep, and then you're mentally exerting yourself all day with uh, almost no rest a lot of the time. And so you just feel totally spent at the end of it. And now that things are kind of ramping up and to the point where it's like these people are kind of playing for to keep their jobs, that's when the, the stress kind of is exacerbated. Yeah. And so they were just kind of reaching out on Twitter saying, yeah, I'm super stressed out by this, basically. Mm-hmm. And all the folks that were had like rough weekends were kind of commiserating together about it. Um, I, I also heard that... Um, Everyone was talking about how stressful it is, but then there's a lot of other people that were also saying, yeah, it is super stressful, but all the de-stressors of a big event like this are not there. Like, I can't talk to my friends afterwards or go get a beer or, like, you know, decompress around people yeah, or right. we don't get to talk. It's just like I'm literally just in my house and then I turn the computer off and then I just still sit there around it. Like, I don't get to do anything else, um, which I think yeah, really as- escalates everything as COVID tends to do, it makes things worse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so what I'm thinking is, I don't know whether the stress is that much more than a regular tournament or not. Obviously, I'm not someone who can really talk about this because I haven't really done that. Um, yeah. <laughs> but but it does seem like that might be a bigger deal than um, than the actual yeah, like, and pressure. But part of it is you're on you're you're like on camera the entire time, whereas that's true. Uh, like every mistake you make, someone new. Mm-hmm. It's going to be seen. That is true. That's hard. But uh, I also just saw people kind of saying like, oh, no, they get to play professional magic for a living. They shouldn't be complaining. And it's like, the thing is, though, is that this is their job. And it's not like, you know, you're treating them like they're an NBA star or something. And they're going to be fine. And they make $40 million a year. You know, yeah. they make like a reasonable salary for someone to live off. Yeah. And that might be going away. Also, NBA stars are exhausted after they have to do things, you know? It's the same. Right. It, they are also like, wow, that was really tiring. I'm, that was a hard game, or that was a and hard stretch like, of games. shut up, LeBron. You yeah. make $80 million a year. He's like, I'm going to go sleep. I don't know. I'm tired. That was mentally <laughs> and physically exhausting. And the, Especially during, like, playoffs and stuff when it's crunch time and they're playing every other night. And, yeah, and flying and all that. They've played 80 games already. Yeah, it's like... You know, it is part of, like, being at a high level in a sport. So it does come with the territory, but it's also, you know, well-deserved. And, you know, I bet it is very intense, and I will never know magic like that. So Hey, don't say never. <laughs> okay, yes, you're right. Um, <laughs> I will never say never. Just kidding. Wow. We could always pull up Brad Barkley and just come out of the blue with our beers. <laughs> In our mugs. <laughs> Win the whole thing, yeah. We should. Um, <laughs> anyway, I, I was going to say something else, uh, but I think we should just jump right into our... Um, uh, no more Twitter talk. No more Twitter oh, talk. that's what we should have called it, Twitter talk. No, but Twitter <laughs> tweets makes sense because it's like Twitter is tweeting. So it's like... Yeah, I get it. <laughs> it's, like, it's like what Twitter tweeted. Anyway, our season ended. Jeff, um, how'd you do? How was your season? Uh, it was fine. I mean, uh, I guess numbers-wise. Well, I want you to go first. How did you finish? Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, uh, my season was okay. Uh, I finished Diamond and Constructed and Gold and Limited. So. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, I also finished Diamond and Constructed, but I finished Platinum and Limited. Whoa. What's up? <laughs> Is that where you wanted me to that go That you first? feel silly now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was mainly because, like, I was playing uh, Call Time and not doing a great job in the drafts, kind of going a lot of, like, that's three one, threes or three o or o threes. Um, mm -hmm. and then uh, after that I was just playing a bunch of sealed so I wasn't it wasn't moving up at all I was a bunch of like unranked stuff so yeah that is why but also I'm terrible still got to diamond <laughs> oh I, well as far as like constructed yeah I was still playing uh, ranked constructed but in limited I was playing a lot of limited but not ranked limited is what I mean right right, right. yeah playing sealed yeah so I managed to qualify for the uh, Strixhaven championship qualifier in march Yay. so it's in a couple of a couple of weeks here uh it's call time sealed again but that was kind of my goal was to get into that that's always my goal is to make sure i if i know i'm going to be playing enough to do it that month then i want to get into the next month's qualifier weekend mm -hmm. um, but the weird thing about it is that once you do that once you qualify for the you know the next month's qualifier weekend you have almost no real incentive to rank up anymore. <laughs> like, because the cool thing about going up to Mythic and getting into the top 1,200 is that it qualifies you for this event, right? But when you remove that, at least for me, it's like if I finish Diamond or if I finish Mythic, the difference is one pack of call time cards. Yeah, that's you one know? pack. <laughs> that's a whole pack. That's a whole pack of cards, one-sixth of a wild card. Come on. How, why yeah, would you... Exactly. That's exactly what I think of it. It's one-sixth of a wild card, and it's going to take me, you know, like 12 hours to make this push or something. So unless you're just chasing it because you just want to say, oh, I hit limited mythic or whatever, mm -hmm. um, which is fine. Uh, I just wasn't feeling that. So I just I also didn't play a lot of ranked. Like I did, but only when I actually just wanted to. I never was playing to try to rank up. Yeah. So I'd play wacky decks or whatever, total bruise, and see if the my diamond opponents could react to them. Sounds fun. Hope Sounds you, fun. Hope you had yeah. a good time. <laughs> I sure did. <laughs> and then also, of course, the big thing that happened this season was the first ever limited arena open. Yes. Yeah, of course. Uh, so this was a big season. Really important uh, for the future. Hope we get lots more of those and maybe a draft one at some point. Um, I forced my way into day two by just entering the event four times. So Perfect. <laughs> oh, I did want to mention, I said something wrong last time. I'm pretty sure I said that LSV, it took him three times to get in, but it took him five times. Ah, yeah. There you go. I would just like to, <laughs> oops, my bad. It was five, not five. I will say, though, LSV cashed on day two, and he mm -hmm. posted his deck, and it looked like garbage. Yeah. That was like, everyone who was posting pics of their deck, and, oh, I, may, I got $1,000, or I got $2,000, they all had just busted decks with awesome rares, except LSV's deck looked so bad. He's the only one I saw that posted that made money that would just had an awful looking Yeah, deck. it was just like a Rakdos mid-rangey kind of deck with four run or something. Yeah, he described it as like, it's Rakdos deck consisting of all the cards I'm usually hoping that do not make my deck. <laughs> like consisting entirely of commons that I'm usually hoping to cut. Oh, that's so funny. That sounds like most of my decks. <laughs> um, well, that's great that you made your goal. That's wonderful for you. I'm really happy that you did that. Um, Thank you. I did not make my goal. Um, <laughs> I told you it was too ambitious. I know. I forgot that I had to get all the cards first. 
Um, anyway, I said I was going to get three bingos on our bingo score card, and I, did, I, um, I didn't get any. How many did you get? You got zero. I got oh. zero bingo. Not very, uh, not very close. Um, yeah, it turns out that like I couldn't spend my wild cards on this thing, and uh, I didn't have a ton of the cards, so I was drafting a lot and sealed, and then I just, you know, didn't happen. You were right. I'm, I'm going to say it. You were right. I should have. I feel like we were just easier. jazzed about creating. That I was just really excited bingo board, about it. and yeah, a lot of them felt doable. But then, yeah, exactly. If you're going to equip Valky with Sword of the Realms, that's like eight mythic wild cards. Exactly. If just you don't have those cards to jam the deck, or you're playing yeah. a crappy deck forever just to find two cards right. in it that you open. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, um, so I think this next one, uh, this next season, I'm going to scrap the bingo plan. All right, I'm just going to do that for fun. Um, and I have a real goal, okay? But I made it I made it super easy because I want to make sure I actually you know achieve it. Because um, I I make these goals all the time and I never get them. I don't. Even. You got the one where you you wanted to not spend too many resources before call time. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I did the one I where I did, did. I was supposed to not do anything. So this time I, yeah. I it has to be an active goal. Uh, and so this goal is that I want to play in an SCG satellite and that's it. I love it. Yes. I want to play in one satellite at least (laughs) and I don't have to do anything. I just have to play in it. That's all. I don't have to get a winning record. (laughs) Um, so hopefully, yeah, hopefully I will, I'll finish this uh, by this weekend and then I'll just be like, boom, I did it. (laughs) I don't have to have this. Thing. That's right. The SCG tour is coming back this weekend. Yes, it is. Well, that's great. So, I am in favor of that goal because yes. I've been trying to get you to play one of these things for a while. Exactly. So I'm going to do it. I don't know what I'm going to play yet. Um, we'll see how it goes. Um, I'll send you my red-white uh, Tibbles trickery list. <laughs> I don't want to play that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, if anyone is interested in these uh, SCG satellites and hasn't done it like me, um, Jeff, how do you be a part of one of these things? So it's run through MTG Melee. You go to mtgmelee.com. You, I think, have to register an account with them and link it to your arena account. Mm-hmm. And then you just sign up for these tournaments. I think the satellites, I don't know what the most recent ones are, but they used to be $7 US. And then basically MTG Melee does everything for you. It mat- matches you up against somebody, gets you into contact with them, gives you their screen name, uh, and tells you their deck list. You copy their screen name and you send them a tournament match challenge in the arena client. And then you play, report report your uh, match result to Melee, and they do the they, they take care of the rest. Boom. There you go. It's really easy to use. It yeah. seems really easy. And after he explained that to me, that's why I decided I would do it. Because I was like, oh, that seems really easy. <laughs> oh, wait, I don't um, actually have to no, like, that doesn't seem do hard. anything. Yeah. <laughs> If I had to like set everything up myself through Discord or something, I'd just be like, "This isn't, this isn't worth it." <laughs> yeah, way too hard. Um, but anyway, that's my goal, Jeff. What's your goal? Yeah, so my goal, uh, I think the one I really would like is to make day two of the qualifier weekend. Mm. So the spoke about having qualified for that early, earlier on. But being honest with myself, it's called time sealed, uh, and you only get one shot, unlike the arena open. So it just feels like that's just a low percentage thing. You have to win seven matches before you lose three. And so even with a really high win rate, people, lots of great players won't do that on the first try. But I don't know. That's that's an actionable goal I could try. Hope to make day two of that event. Yeah. 
as usual, I want to qualify for the next one, so I could I want to just start stringing these together so I'm qualified every month. And part of that is to do well in the SCG event is one, I think, the easiest way to qualify, to be honest, because it, it doesn't require you to grind up to, like, the top spot of the ladder. Nice. I like it. Sounds like a good goal. I'd like to do well in one of the day twos of the SCG events, because I'm finding I'm kind of at the point where I can qualify for those things most weekends that I want to. Like, if I try to qualify for it, I, I usually get there. Mm-hmm. But then I don't tend to do well on day two. Like, I had that one good Gruel Adventures top eight uh, a long time ago now. But everyone I've played in since then, I've either slept through or uh, <laughs> or lost early. So I want to, like, make that next step where I'm starting to have... You know, I'm not saying I need to top eight it or win, but maybe a positive record in one of those. Okay, all right. I was going to say shoot for the stars, but I was like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Because they're basically like nine round events, and as soon as you get three losses, you're out. So, you know, if I go 4-3, that's fine. Yeah. Better than 0-2 drop. Exactly. Or better than 0-0 failed to meet registration. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That is definitely the worst one. (laughs) Yeah, I wonder if they're ever going to change that. It just seems so arbitrary that they're like... This one has to, right? Because you do have to... Each round starts at a time. It's a oh, yes. Okay, that makes more sense. It's just the arena opens are the ones where you can play whenever you want. But right. These ones are like round two is beginning, and now everyone gets their round two opponent. Right. Oh, it just makes me want to play. Makes me want to play paper. Yeah, it does kind of make you miss like paper tournaments. Yeah. But tournaments are just fun. That's why they are I'm trying to get you to do one of these uh, SCG satellites. Yes. So uh, hopefully I'll do one on Friday. Yeah, and then. We'll, we'll see. I might even just play Reed's list. But uh, hey, hey, Jeff, how's your beer doing? I'm done, man. I'm, I need another. I am also done. So let's go to a beer break. Alrighty, here we go. Okay, decadence. Pecan sticky bun chocolate milk stout. Yeah. Malevolent benevolence. Wow, yeah. Wow, after a beer, too. Yeah, exactly. Not only is it tequila barrels, barrels. Oops, there we go. I can't say barrel. That's the part you messed up. Yeah. <laughs> barrel. Añejo tequila barrels. That's pretty good. Oh boy. Are you a big tequila buff? Do you know the difference between all these things? Uh, I know añejo is like one of the best ones because that just means old, right? It's like older. Gotcha. Ooh. It's like feliz cumpleaños, right? So that's happy birthday. So años is like your year happy year anyway um <clears throat> spanish lessons from the arena regulars ready for it <laughs> but yeah next it, week french french yeah but if you're looking for tequila añejo is like the good one good oh, to know buddy okay oh, wow. this is super different from the last stat i had yeah i was gonna say <laughs> this is super different than what i just had whoa you can taste that weird tequila. how that works eh? For sure. I know. That was my first thought, too, is you can definitely taste the, the tequila barrels. That's a... All right. This is a new experience. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, call time, league weekend, number two. Just happened In the books. Weekend. It's in the books. Uh, it was a good one. I think it was a pretty good league weekend. Lots of ups, lots of downs, lots of all-arounds. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, we just wanted to quickly go through the standings now as they are presently, 
um, standing. <laughs> uh, Jeff, do you want to do the MPL and I'll do the rivals? Just like sure. What are we doing? Like, like top four, maybe top four, top ten ish. Um, okay, so you won't see too much difference here at the top of the NPL standings. We have Paulo Vitor Damodorosa still in first place, still followed in second place by Gabriel Nassif. Mm -hmm. And then in third, we have Brad Nelson and Andre Strosky are now tied for third place. So Andre has moved up. He was uh, about fifth, I think, before this yep. weekend. And notably, uh, Seth Manfield is no longer in the top four. Right. Uh, Seth, uh, Seth didn't have the best weekend. Uh, behind them, we have Reed Duke in fifth. Uh, Andrea Mangucci and Marcio Carvalho and Ray Sato all had good weekends. They're tied for sixth now with Seth Manfield. Uh, and then rounding out the top ten, we have Autumn Burchett, Jean-Emmanuel Duplat, and William Jensen all tied yeah. for tenth. You might remember that William Jensen was kind of a little ways down before this Yeah, weekend, he was. So. He was really far might, down before. Might, might have a little more to say about him later. Yeah. Um, but for our Rivals League, um, the top moved around a little bit, but not too surprising. Uh, Ely Cassis and uh, Stanislav Sifka now hold uh, the first place together. Uh, Matt Sperling is in third, and then uh, Christian Hawk is right behind him. Then, I think that might be the worst placement Matt Sperling has had all year, dropping all the way down to, to third. third. He was uh, first, like almost right away and then held that position for a while yeah the big one to see is that uh we don't have Luis scott vargas for a, a while here um mm -hmm. so luca magni and zachary keeney are tied for fifth and then Corey burkhart and yuda takahashi are tied for seventh yvonne flock is ninth and then bernardo santos chris Batello, kenji egashira Luis scott vargas Mike Segrist, Riku, <laughs> wow, there's so many. Yeah, um, Riku, I guess we're doing a top 17. <laughs> yeah, um, Riku Kumagai and Thoral Severin. They're all tied for 10th place. That's a lot of people in 10th place, and I should have known Man, that. I remember Luis Scott Vargas being a lot higher than that. Yeah, Luis was. Um, dropped quite a bit from this last weekend. Holy moly. Yeah, but... Um, Anyway, things are shaking up a little bit. Things are moving around. Spicy stuff. <laughs> what can I say? Yeah, and it's coming down like to the wire. On uh, these players, don't have much more time to to improve their positions. Yeah, or at least greatly improve them because we're going to be moving on to uh, soon. Will be more kind of pool based, which just kind of changes things up a little bit. Yeah. So we have the um, the Caldheim Championship to end the Kaldheim split. And then once we move into the Strixhaven split, the Strixhaven split is kind of meant to be, uh, I guess, a pre-playoff. It's like a playoff, kind of, where you play people based on your right. finishing it, in the yeah, regular season. And no longer are they going to be doing the round robins, basically. This was the last round right. robin league weekend. Yeah, So, and if you remember correctly, the uh, championships, you're only able to get four points out of them. Yes, so, exactly. A lot of these players don't have much opportunity to move anymore but i guess there's also the strixhaven championship right yeah which also awards four points <laughs> so right. championships don't do a whole lot for the your actual placement in the uh the standings like uh let's take the mpl for example 
Um, it can, like, those four points, if one of those players happens to get all four of the points you could possibly get from the championship, um, the top four could move around a little bit um, as, amongst themselves. But let's say, so Reed Duke has 28 points and the highest player at PVDDR has 34. Like, that's not even going to get him first place if he wins the championship. So, Right. Although eight points will. If you win, TV both. does nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so we should mention that four points out of a championship means you top eight at the event. Yeah. So it's coming down to the down. the wire here. Um, excited to excited to start seeing these like league weekends where they play based off seating. I think that's going to be really interesting. Yeah, and where you know that each. I mean, obviously they've been saying the whole time each match really counts and all that kind of stuff, uh, and we all know that. But it means a lot more when you can say this person is the top seed of this and this person's this. And um, even their pools of like eight or ten or whatever, it's like this is the top person in their pool. Uh, right. It just it helps a little bit more. So how do we want to do this? Do we want to talk about the league weekend and what happened first? Or do we want to do fantasy first and then just talk about the, the league? Uh, maybe we should do fantasy first and then talk about the league weekend. Because fantasy is going to say a lot about what happened. Sure. Um, I think so. Uh, all right, so why don't you start us off? I will. How'd your team do? <laughs> I will start us off. Um, so as everyone knows, we get uh, we make up teams of three MPL players and four rivals players, and then we also pick who what we think the uh, the highest meta percentage that people will bring as far as decks go, and then the top performing deck for the weekend. So maybe we just do the go over the players first, and then yeah. do the meta game stuff. Yeah. So my. Um, my players were, were solid picks. I really liked all of them, and they, uh, you know, for the most part, pulled through. Um, PVDDR was on mono white and got me six points. All right, so, you know, they played 11. 11 was the highest you could possibly get. They played 11 matches. Uh, so so you six, went six and five. And six and five, so, you know, that's a winning record. Um, I saw a tweet, uh, I forget who it was, but it was either an MPL or a Rivals player. I think another MPL player. And they were saying, I'm surprised at how poorly Mono White did in this tournament. And then it put in brackets, because uh, it was only after day one and PV was three and two. Mm-hmm. And he put in brackets, like, for PV to go three and two is like for us mere mortals going one and four. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, as an explanation for how bad Mono White must be if yeah. PV only went three and two with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so... Um... Didn't didn't do super well, but you know six is still good. Uh, Brad Nelson by his own standards, that's probably a disappointing yeah. you know weekend. And I but think he was. by most people's standards, it's good. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but as far as like being your number one pick, it also is a little disappointing. Not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Brad Nelson was on Salt Lake Control and got seven points. Thank you, Brad. And Seth Manfield <laughs> was also on Salt Lake Control and got me three points. Same exact list. <laughs> Same exact. Although list. they did play against each other, and Brad won in a close match. Oh, all right, but still, uh, Seth had a rough one. Um, then going down into rivals, uh, Stanislav Sifka was also on Salt Eye Control. A uh, little same different list. list. Was it the <laughs> same list? I thought it was the Czech House list. Yeah, it might be a card or two different, but Brad and Seth worked with the Czech House. Oh, did they? Who yeah. they're all running a Sika's Chariot. Um, yeah. Uh, and uh, Stanislav Sifka got me seven points. So Seth apparently sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that must be it. <laughs> must be it. Uh, Simon Gordson was on Mono Red and got me four points. Ely Cassis on Night Adventures got eight. There we go, Ely. Come on. 
Eight points. That's what That's I need. Two really good weekends in a row. Yeah, man, really impressive stuff from Eli Cassis. And then Mike Segrist, uh, Mono White with five points, which is what you'd expect from Mono White uh, with a great player behind him. But five points, that's pretty good. So um, felt good, you know. That's a good 40 points right there. Uh, pretty solid. I like it. I like it. Well, how about you? Nice. What'd you do? So my team, my first pick was Gabriel Nassif. Mm-hmm. Uh, he brought the deck that everybody was expecting to come out in spades. Uh, oh, Abzan yeah. Control. <laughs> wait, wait, Abzan yeah, Abzan yeah. Control. It's that's not a typo. Um, <laughs> he got me six wins with his Abzan Control deck. Javier Dominguez brought Naya Adventures. Uh, in particular, he brought the combo version. And he yeah. got me five wins with that. And then William Jensen, my nice little sleeper pick here, third place. William Jensen played Naya Adventures, the same list as Ely Cassis, I believe, and he got nine wins what the fuck nine and two what the actual best performing player of the of of both leagues of the weekend what a fucking (laughs) sneaky little ah he's got a great pick i think that's what you mean to say he's gotten a solid five points in every other league weekend and he got one point (laughs) for the championship and then the one time you pick him or anybody picks him he gets nine (laughs) what the fuck come on Absolute hero performance by William Jensen, and he also skyrocketed up the rankings thanks to that. Yeah, holy shit. So overall, my MPL players did quite well. Um, kind of carried by William Jensen, but still. Very the much. The did, did fine. My rivals players, not quite as well performing. How was your, um, how was your first pick? What, what happened to him? L- well, so I selected LSV, Luis Scott Vargas, as my first pick. It's a terrible pick. Um, Apparently, <laughs> great player. He picked mono red. Uh, unfortunately, was only able to get three wins. So, uh, by his lofty standards, that's I mean that's just a disappointing weekend. Yeah, uh, so that's like as bad as Seth Manfield. <laughs> yeah, jeez, yeah, these guys are real stinkers. They're really right? terrible. Zachary Keeney was my second pick. He played mono white and he got five wins. Luis Salvado, the other LSV. Played uh, Naya Combo. He got five wins as well. And then Corey Burkhart played Jeskai Cycling and got six wins. Crazy. The later I picked them, the better they did. That's so... <laughs> especially because I, I kind of wanted Corey. And now I'm like, well, it's hard to switch any of these people for Corey. I, I felt pretty good with, with my yeah. rivals. So. so that puts me at 39 points. 39. So I'm winning. 40. So, yeah. But it was very close with the players. That was... If without William or Huey Jensen, sorry, man, that would be I would be like really really strong going into this next bit. But meta percentages. Um, so yeah, the only other thing I wanted to mention oh, is that both of both of our best players were playing the same deck, which is Naya Adventures, built by Reed Duke, I believe. Yes. So they tested together, and they might have been a card or two different from each other, but they are essentially the same deck. Mm-hmm. So that is telling you something and something about something later. But uh, as far as the, uh, the top meta percentages goes for the decks that people brought, um, you know, I really thought Rakdos Midrange would, uh, would show up for us just once, you know, just one time. Yeah. You really <laughs> got into my head and then I almost <laughs> changed at the last second and said something else and said like mono white or something. So my mind games almost destroyed me. <laughs> yeah. 
Anyway, I'm pretty sure like two people brought Rakdos mid-range. Two people brought back Rakdos, so it wasn't zero. It wasn't zero. That's, that's a nice change of pace. Yeah, we don't have like <laughs> negative points for that, do we? Maybe we should. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Talk about that next time. Yeah. I selected Gruel Adventures, um, and Gruel Adventures had eight copies. I think it was like tied for third most. Like there were two decks tied for first, and then Gruel Adventures and another deck were tied for the second most popular. Yeah. Um, position basically what i was worried about kind of did happen that gruel the adventures decks got split up across like four different archetypes actually mm-hmm. um it was funny we were talking about how moist gruel is or teamer is actually just gruel yeah but the decks that people brought that were teamer adventures were definitely not just gruel they had like all runs epiphany and counter spells in the main yeah game. so it was definitely teamer for sure it wasn't this moist junk Right, junk. so yeah. that didn't count towards my thing, so I did yeah. not get the the best, most played deck. The most played decks were Mono White was tied with Naya Combo. Yeah, Naya Fury. Naya Fury, yeah, we can call it that too. <laughs> uh, um, so I get two points for beating Zach, but neither of us knocked it out of the park. All right. That puts me one point ahead. So, and this is how we finished the weekend, basically. it was We knew yeah. it was 41 to 40, and it was all down to the highest win percentage so what did you select as the highest win percentage deck i thought gruel adventures was gonna come out and just keep smashing like it always does and just really get in there um turns out i was close i was very close yes because the deck i thought was going to be the best was naya adventures and ding, 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 ding. That one was the best performing deck of the weekend, thanks in no small part to William Huey Jensen going 9-2 and two with it. I forgot to add the best color to Gruel, and then, uh, then right. I would have been... Yeah, that was your mistake. Yeah, <laughs> damn it. Uh, so Naya Midrange, as they're calling it in the graphic, but it's the, Naya, the Gruel Adventures deck, Splashing White, had a 667 percent win rate yeah now whenever you see a number that clean two-thirds you know it's small sample size uh it was only played by six percent of the metagame but still i mean this deck was really uh really performed well it absolutely dominated mono white aggro and mono red aggro and the sultai ultimatum deck so these were kind of what the big three that people expected to be the most popular decks didn't end up being that way but uh it's kind of interesting. Yeah, you're very lucky that it was four people that brought it instead of like two. Because if it was two, yeah. we, we would have cut that. But four. For sure, yeah. It wouldn't have made the graphic in there four. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Teamer, was, Teamer Adventures, the Taking Turns deck, was hot on its tail at a 64.8%. Yeah. So actually, when I said that I was really close, uh, what, I was close because I had Gruel Adventures and I just needed another color. Yeah. But Gruel Adventures did not do very well. Uh, Right. 46.1% uh, uh, win rate. It's because not... it got stomped by the Naya combo deck. 18.2% in that matchup. That's that's outrageous. It got stomped? Really? You're going you're gonna to yeah. use that? <laughs> I tried. <laughs> tried to sneak it in there. Yeah. Uh, the by far worst performing deck was Mono Red Aggro. So it was surprising, honestly. So after the two top decks, Mono Red was the other one that's tied for Gruul. Mm-hmm tied with gruel and it did 29.2 percent win rate every matchup it got obliterated yeah <laughs> um a lot of that's from lsv but actually 
a lot of most of it is from Martin Yuza. <laughs> I was wondering if we were going to call him out. We're definitely <laughs> calling him out. <sighs> Man, Martin. I think he, I feel, did he end up 0 and 11? Yes. He he yeah. went 0 and 11. Uh, Martin yeah. did not win a single match all weekend. So fucking rough, bro. That sucks. Yeah. He dropped 8 For spots. a player of his caliber, you know that's just running yeah. bad, you know. Not only that, but um, so he was pretty down on himself, but he he's a really good guy, and he was um, kind of you know making some jokes and like uh, I saw him on Twitter actually he posted um, uh, <laughs> a deck list and basically said so after this weekend I figured out exactly which cards you should cut from mono red and what cards you should put in instead and now this is the perfect list that you should take to the next tournament and it literally said out and it was his his entire deck list said out and then in was reed's nigh adventures deck. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice it was hilarious um so he, he's Just got yeah take out all the cards from the worst performing deck put in all the cards from the best, <laughs> best performing, performing deck, deck. <laughs> um it was pretty hilarious and you know i've been really enjoying his kind of like jokey banter about it and you know owning up hey i did fucking terrible um <laughs> but you know uh and so then that, that's not only That's that, hilarious. but then I saw him talk to uh, uh, Channel Fireball posted something that was like, hey, if you want to know all about Standard and everything, here's this article by Martin Yuza. And he just goes, yikes. <laughs> underneath. Yeah, I saw that one. That was hilarious. <laughs> it was like, Because oh. it was an ad for CFB Pro. Right. And it's like, don't don't try to get the metagame you're like right yourself. Let Martin do it for you. <laughs> it's just like a picture of Martin Yuza. <laughs> it's like, oh, yikes. fuck. It's so funny, though. <laughs> oh, it's rough. Martin, I feel yeah, for you, buddy. He took it like a champ. He really did. Um, boy, did he. he. He performed worse than every other person. Uh, I don't even think there were people that got one or two wins only. It was either uh, three was the lowest or nothing. So Right. Uh, yeah, the variance was pretty pretty low. Yeah. There were just a couple outliers, William on one end and uh, Martin on the other. So, man... Sorry, bud, but whew, that was, it made me laugh, and um, uh, I'm sorry for that. You'll, you'll get him next time. Yeah, speaking of losing all the time, that brings my point total <laughs> to, four, to 45, and Shut he up. stays at 40. Oh, yeah. Once again, I lost. <laughs> I love how I won because of the meta section, and during the metagame performance, like, when I was picking my decks, the reasons I had for picking them were wrong. I said, like, nobody was going to bring Naya Combo ended up being the most popular deck yeah <laughs> and then i said that it's that naya is gonna win because gruel's gonna be so popular and naya's gonna win in the mirror, mirror match. match which i mean it did beat the gruel decks but uh that like gruel wasn't the most popular deck so that also is not why naya yeah. performed I and i was thinking that the aggro decks were going to be better i think a lot more people were worried about the aggro decks and were playing things the aggro decks were the two worst performing decks yeah in mono red and mono white. So, really bummer, man. Yeah. Maybe Faceless Haven's not good. No, I think Faceless Haven's still good. But <laughs> Lithoform Blight is a good way to stop Faceless Haven. Turns yes. Gab Nassif. Gab Nassif. Doing some cool stuff. Gab and Control. Yeah. If you did not get to watch the uh, Gabriel Nassif versus Paolo Vitor Damita Rosa match, uh, it's worth watching. It's a good one. Yeah. Uh, go back. That was a great that match. When they get the VODs up, you know. They are not up right now. Um, it'll be nice when they get that all edited. Seems like a yeah, priority. It takes to me, them a few days to get stuff going. Yeah, it does. Sometimes they don't even have updated standings by now. <laughs> I don't even know if they 
do now. We're, so all of our, uh, that's important to note actually. So all of our um, standings and our stats and everything we're getting is actually from a Twitter account that is uh, uh, Ball Lightning PhD. Uh, so Ball Lightning, thank you very much. Um, this is a person who just like follows everything along, has a fantastic spreadsheet of everything that's going on, all the, you know, uh, ranks yeah, people are really going helpful. up and down, all the points from all the previous things uh, updated as the tournament goes on. So, um, check, yeah, we, we PhDs like to be on top of things, you know. So. <laughs> yeah, should we be Arena Regulars PhD? Yeah. <laughs> like asterisk. Um, and I'll, yeah, half PhD. Mm-hmm. And also the, um, the win weight matrix we use is from MTG data on uh, Yes. So those are two fantastic Twitter accounts that give you a lot of information uh, that we use regularly. And um, yeah. We I don't even like check the website anymore because I just know Ball Lightning not only is going to have it up faster, it's probably going to be more correct because last time they like didn't attribute enough wins to Ray Sato and stuff. Yeah, on it, the, uh, it will be, it'll be with. more accurate. And I, I don't know why they haven't hired him yet. Uh, they should. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so a really interesting weekend. Um, mm-hmm. Not at all really what was expected. It was no. kind of expected. So Mono White and Mono Red did show up as, you know, tied for number one most popular and tied for number two most popular. But they did so, so bad. Mm-hmm. And maybe everyone was just prepared for them. I think people were prepared for uh, for Mono White, Mono Red, and Sultai is kind of what they were looking towards. But Soltai ended but up Soltai doing... just still did fine. Yeah, did fine. I think they were playing like, I'm worried about these decks running me over, and I think I can um, deal with Soltai stuff. But, I mean, I'm happy that, like, number one, cycling, doing well, uh, which was pretty fun. Ooh. And uh, the Naya Fury deck was cool also, in my uh, opinion. I thought... Uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting that deck kind of emerged, like, one week before this event. Yeah, and then now it's the most popular deck in this tournament. Yeah, kind of surprising. Really surprising. That's just how quickly the metagame moves, you know. Exactly. Thank you, Arena. Metagames move fast. I'd like to give a special shout out to Reed Duke for making all of my uh, predictions come true by building an awesome Naya deck that everyone went with. <laughs> yes, that was Thank really you, generous Reed. of you, Reed. Thanks for that. As I said before, I am now uh, playing that deck, um, as all everyone else should. Pick one of their favorite decks from this weekend, play it a little bit, realize it's not tuned for the ladder, and change it up a little bit. So, <laughs> Although it might do well in the satellites. It might do well in the satellites, and I might see a lot of it. So uh, once again, it's one of those things, hey, this deck did super well. William Heary Den- Jensen took this deck, got nine wins. People will see that. They're going to start playing it. The first thing I want to do is play it so that either I will play it or I know how to beat it is the things I'm working towards so and if that is a deck you want to play in like a competitive event i do recommend just going to huey's twitch channel and watching the vod's of you get to watch all 11 matches see how he sideboards see how he you know reacts to different situations and just watch him you know put on an absolute master class with that deck yeah and uh yeah the big thing is the sideboarding honestly so that's what i did with in the event when i did well with gruel i watched ray sato he did awesome with it and I just watched. He went like eleven and one or something. I think the best performance of any league weekend. Yeah, it was. And I just watched him, and I wrote down how he was sideboarding against different matchups, and tried to watch him. Like, if there were any plays I wouldn't do, that I saw him do, tried to like note that. 
and it really definitely helped. Yeah. So um, do those things. <laughs> it'll it'll yeah. be really helpful. <laughs> um, we do, as always, want to talk about the best possible fantasy team you could have had for this league weekend. Yeah. And Zach, this time we got crushed by the by the fantasy fantasy we team. We really did. Um, yeah. So I don't even know if we mentioned final point totals. I was at 45. You were at 40. Yes. Those are the final point uh, totals. Thanks for reminding so me again. Yeah, yeah. I'll say it again. Don't worry. Just in case yeah. you forget. So now, oh, do you want to also say what the overall score is now? Just because. Oh, good point. Good point. Yeah. So the overall score is now 3-1 for me. Yeah. It is important to note uh, it's getting crunch time for the players. It's also getting crunch time for me. Uh, so <laughs> Jeff can win one more. And then I have to win everything after that. Yeah, so there there are five more events. Yes. So if I win the next one, that would be 4-1 with four events left. You would have to win out. All four. So uh, it's not... You have like two, one more loss to give. Yes. And two more losses means uh, you're done. Then all the other fantasy ones will just be for fun. Or new bets, (laughs) I guess, or added bets. I also don't know, are the gauntlets being streamed? Maybe we could do the gauntlets too to add a few more events. Just help me out? (laughs) Just throw me pity (laughs) now? Oh, just, uh, you know. Or I guess maybe we'll watch those. I, I, we'll just start new bets, maybe. That we'll probably just start new. bets. I'm just thinking, like I want to run up the score mostly, but. Oh okay, all right. Yeah. We're playing like <laughs> NFL Blitz. Okay, that's fine. Cool. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, anyway, let's talk about the best possible team. Jeff, you go do that. <laughs> okay, so best possible team would be your your three MPL players would be William Huey Jensen. He's the best performer with nine points. And then your next two would be Andre Strasky and Li Shi Tian, who both had eight points. Mm. Then your four rivals players, uh, the best performers were Ili Cassis with eight and Yuta Takahashi also with eight. So those would be two of your teams. And then a bunch of people had seven. So the best possible team would consist then of any two of Matt Sperling, Christian Hawk, Toral Severin, Chris Patello, and Rizo Fuji. Nice. Then... Your metagame percentage, you could either select Naya Fury or Mono White Aggro. They were tied for most dominant deck, or most played deck. And then your top performing selection would have been Naya Adventures. And that would bring you up to a grand total of 63 points. 63. So, actually, it didn't crush you as badly. Eight eight points isn't horrible uh, to lose. 18 18 oh shit we're 40 oh yeah Yeah, i was at 45 <laughs> this is a reason why i went to art school instead of math school um wow holy shit yeah never mind yeah, just kidding. we got smoked we, we got, got smoked beat by bad. two hueys two oh, fuck. <laughs> i already got beat by one huey i can't be beat by two <laughs> it's terrible yeah. anyway yeah. um just a lot of kind of surprises i guess like people who are have shown themselves to be pretty consistent and do well not doing well and uh vice versa that's, that's kind of explains yeah. our low point totals but, but once it's also it, just really really hard it is showing like i said before is lsv always number one in rivals is he worth of a number one pick every time this has shaken i think that foundation For sure yep you won't be as confident choosing lsv first yep. now after two two bad weeks in a row it's not necessarily like you could pick second wouldn't feel terrible or you know third but like it's not oh it's it's just uh, basically it's not um it's not given anymore i think he's still like without question the most accomplished player in the league for sure right so 
it's never a bad choice. No, I don't but, think it's going to uh, be a bad choice. But I don't think it's just the given choice of like if you don't pick that exactly, person, yeah. you're stupid because he could burn you, which he Whereas didn't burn. PV you. kind of, I don't, I wouldn't say PV has lost that title yet no. in the MPL. No, it's still uh, putting up numbers that are good enough that uh, you wouldn't be super upset by him in all events. Just like feels feels good enough. Right. It kind of feels like the six point you, points you got from him is his floor. Yeah, like that's, and it is. That's what, the worst he's ever going to do what, for you. What we've seen in the league weekend, six is the worst. So that uh, right. feels pretty good. And in the championship, still got three points, which is just lost on tiebreakers. Otherwise, would have gotten four. So Anyway, that has been the Call Time League weekend. Uh, check out any VODs when they come out. Or uh, actually, just go to Twitch, and you can check all those uh, your favorite players out. Um, see how they did if you didn't watch any of it. But it was great. Yeah. Did, did you watch much of it? I did. I, I was watching. Um, I watched most of it on Sunday um, for a bit. I actually had hooked it up so I could use my computer, and then I had a separate screen just for it, which was pretty fun. Uh, right. Here in Toronto, Saturday was really nice weather, and Sunday was uh, dog shit weather. So. Yeah, so it was really great to be indoors on Sunday, which is what I did. Also, Catherine was gone doing something, so I got to just kind of watch it all day. Nice. <laughs> uh, but yeah, did you get to watch a bunch of it? I did. I watched... Uh, Probably pretty close to like just under half mm-hmm. of the matches that were shown on the official Magic Twitch account. It was really interesting. Um, I also noticed there were fewer kind of tech disturbances this yeah, time. Yeah, definitely better than uh, in previous uh, weekends. Yeah, the only problem now that's still lingering in regards to that is uh, the quality is, is so poor in some matches. You know, if the player's internet connection isn't the best because you're restreaming their stream. It just looks like, you know, it, it looks really like, wow, that for our day and age, this looks really bad. Like, it's not even 720p. It's like, you know, 480 or whatever the thing was before that. Mm-hmm. And we can't exactly um, distinguish what the cards are. Um, like, yeah. you can kind of guess by looking at them, but it does feel like you need to put your glasses on. Right. Um, so that's the next thing they need to fix, which, again, is the spectator room thing, because that's just going to continue to be a problem as long as the players are streaming to them through Discord and then they're streaming that through Twitch. That's like double compression, and if the player's original feed's not that good, like exactly. it's going to look terrible. No, for sure. They should definitely get that up. But I am happy that we didn't have any, like, um, you know, not power outages, but it feels like that, where, like, the stream goes down or something happens or it freezes or uh, the commentators are just, like buying time for a long time trying to figure out what's going on or making things up you can't hear them or something none of that really happened the feature matches were the feature matches we actually got to watch a match yeah that was between two of our players the last one too pv versus gate yeah so we've been trying to do that uh ever since these started and um we finally got to watch one uh that i mean that's multiple factors going into it right we have drafted teams um but it's still a feature match that we wanted to see that we actually got to see um that yeah, exactly. brad's dog didn't get sick or whatever yeah. you know or when we tried to watch uh, i think last time the stream just crapped out during our match so yeah and we're like well well i guess we should just leave and it was yeah um but that was good so uh overall good league weekend um continue to get better uh but uh it's also good to point out the things that we want you know, hopefully we'll, we'll mm-hmm. eventually get to that place uh, where we are extremely happy with it. And I can watch it on my TV. Exactly. <laughs> However they do that, I don't know. I don't know how all that works, but... You can watch it on your TV as long as the fiancé is, uh, is gone. <laughs> yeah. Or I'll be like, 
we're watching this. And she'll be like, no. I'll be like, oh, okay. Never mind. Sorry. <laughs> just kidding. She would be like, yeah, yeah, do whatever. I'll just like watch SVU on my computer. I'll just bake delicious bread. Yeah, I'll just make delicious bread for you. But you know what that, do you hear that sound? Do you know what that sound is? That's the last call. That's what that is. Here. My, my go. glass is empty. Um, last call. Last call. Three, two, one. Hey. Same <laughs> one. The malevolent benevolence. Wow. Malevolent benevolence. This one's just, you know. Aged in tequila pearls. Añejo tequila, tequila, <laughs> tequila pearls. <laughs> oh, man. Um, gotcha. Yeah. Anyway, um, great beer. Hey, um, let's start with this one, I guess. Let's start with this one. But before we start with that one, I want to quickly jump over uh, and or jump over, talk about the rating scale. So we always rate everything on a scale of bronze to mythic. Obviously, those are the tiers that you can be in on arena uh but basically how we break it down is that bronze is kind of trash that's just the stuff you don't really want to drink or ever finish silver is macro brews or things you're just not extremely impressed with uh nothing's really going on uh gold is fine and you uh drink it but you won't really drink it that often um platinum is solid really good beer um you will drink it uh, you'll pick it up again diamond is absolutely exceptional would recommend to other people uh, and we'll drink it. And then Mythic is absolutely the best beer you could possibly get. Would recommend to a stranger at the store, on the street, anywhere. When you think of great <laughs> beer, this is the beer you're thinking of. I like that one. You know, I would recommend it to anyone, even people who do not want my recommendation. Exactly. Yeah, it's that good. Uh, um, so, what I was wondering if we should add like a Mythic 1200 to this, you know, like the top 1200. <laughs> Those are just the best of the best Mythic beers. Well, right now, our <laughs> Mythic, we're already really, really intense about the Mythic rating. I think we've rated yeah. three beers Mythic. Uh, so, I think we're probably fine with where we are. It's literally just my favorite beer and your favorite beer. You know? <laughs> and and uh, there's one more in there too, but uh, we Jelly King, we, we voted uh, Mythic. No, I mean if we did the Mythic 1200. Oh, the 1200? Those would be the only two that Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but anyway. And so uh, it wouldn't actually be that meaningful because it's just our favorites. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, let's, start with, uh, let's start with the cinnamon bun, sticky bun. Pe no, it's not. The pecan sticky pecan bun. Pecan sticky bun. Um, yeah, I like that one. I thought it was it was really good. Mm -hmm. um, it was like we kind of talked about this last time. It seems like Rorschach is doing this whole dessert beer exactly. kind of thing. Yeah. It's one of their specialties, and I thought they did a pretty good job of it. Um, I like like uh, pecans. Um, I I wasn't getting it that strongly. No, I was getting like nuts of some sort. But I don't know if I would have picked out without you telling me that it's like pecan. pecan. I don't know if I would have. I was mainly um, getting like, um, you know, chocolate milk stout. Very good. Yep. Absolutely yeah. right on. Um, yeah, you're right. Nuts. So like nut milk, some sort of. Let's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. phrase it differently, but like, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> like chocolate milk made with almond milk or something. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. <laughs> with pecan milk, pecan yeah. milk. Um, I, I still thought it was good. Um, it's definitely worth. Uh, picking up and drinking um 
I think the name is a little misleading because, but but it's hard, right? Because it sounds super sweet and way overpowering, and it's not. It's actually a really right. good beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just a good stout. Um, if you didn't tell me anything about it, I'd just be like, oh, it's just a good stout. Yeah. I kind of get the chocolate stoutiness of it for sure. Yeah. Really but. good chocolate milk stout, I would say. Um, yeah. It didn't, uh, I, I thought it was going to be really sweet and desserty, but seeing uh, Rorschach's deal, they are desserty, but it doesn't, none of their beers have been too sweet for me. Um, yeah. and, and notably, not too sweet for you, which is the bigger deal. So, yeah, that's um, surprising. Yeah. That's what I was worried about going into this, that they would just be way too sweet. Um, and it they, hasn't been that. So yeah. um, that one, I don't know if it's because I've had, uh, this is my second 12% beer or what it is, <laughs> and I'm just feeling generous. But I yeah. really think that that, uh, that pecan sticky bun, I'm going to give that a diamond. I like that it. was diamond for me, too. Yeah. I, was, I was wondering, you know, while we're talking about it, if you were going platinum or diamond on it, I was firmly in the diamond camp, so I was ready to fight you on that. But yeah. Just a really great beer. And I think that might hint what I'm going to give this one. Yeah. I also think that <laughs> we have hinted a little <laughs> bit about what I'm going to give this one. Uh, wow. Benevolent. Because that diamond beer is not the one we chose. Yeah. So man, man, malevolent. Now I can't say it. Benevolence. <laughs> so they have three different versions of this at Rorschach Brewery. Um, I'm sorry for all those out-of-towners. Um, you won't be able to get this probably, but holy moly, is this fantastic. So yeah, it's an imperial stout, which we already love, right? Um, they have three different kinds. Uh, I think it's the same recipe, but either in tequila barrels, whiskey barrels, or uh, Cabernet Sauvignon barrels. And right. I'm excited to taste the other ones because this one was For so, sure. so good. Holy You know, crap. it was amazing. And the first thing I noticed when I took a sip is you definitely, like, I could taste that this was aged in a tequila barrel. Absolutely. 100% new. So that, that makes me excited to taste the, the other ones as well. Mm -hmm. um, I think with this recipe specifically, the Cabernet one is exciting me because I can mm -hmm. really see where it would fit in here. This... Yeah is a really, really great imperial stout. Like, this is my favorite beer style. Yeah. And this is just done really well. This is one of the best mm -hmm. beers I've had in a very long time. In a very long time, I agree. Um, this is going straight to Mythic in my books. Yeah, no question. Yeah. yeah. Rorschach is this beer. It's got to be. Yeah. This is the beer yeah. that they're, they're pushing. And, and like you said, I'm going to pick up the other two versions. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so... Like, almost immediately. I'm just like, should we just do the other two versions next week? <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. Just, just fill up that mythic pool, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Boy, um, is this a great beer. So uh, definitely go check it out. Um, also, I think we talked about the label earlier, but um, I do like the comedy tragedy masks. Just very classic. Also, you know, in my acting background, I always like those right. as well. So Yeah. Um, kind of like a yin-yang mask kind, kind of thing. thing yeah you can't have the happy without the sad similar to mm -hmm. this uh league weekend i'm feeling more like martin yuza but uh it's fine against more your... like martin Luza. ouch whoa don't go there man over the line you just cut to, that out you need to uh, say an apology and then everyone yeah, on yeah, twitter yeah. will still we're be mad to, at you we're, we're used to giving out apologies yeah, 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 yeah. yeah delete that tweet right there yeah. um but yeah, uh, go pick up some of this beer. It is just bonkers good. So good. I've always said that like a proper Imperial Stout too 
when you first taste it, you kind of get punched in the mouth because it's yeah. just like so much more flavor than you're used to. Your palate needs to like open up and then mm-hmm. the sips get, you know, you get used to it. And this one was like, a, that's when I really got the tequila too, is on that mm-hmm. first sip when you're just like, whoa, yeah. I actually can taste the tequila. Yeah. It's, it really delivers. Also super smooth. You can tell it is um, high in alcohol, but in like a very luxurious way. It feels like I got right. punched in the mouth with like someone wearing a silk glove. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like yeah, there it, was, <laughs> it was very, very nice. I like it So if lot. you want that, just go to Rorschach. Mm-hmm. If you want to get punched in the mouth by someone wearing a silk glove. That's it. That's, that's the, that should be on the bottle. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna tweet them. Hey, that should be the new logo, them. right? Just somebody cranking somebody with a silk glove. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, that is what we think about these beers and this brewery. Uh, I'm really happy that we did our first tap takeover. It's been yeah, uh, just phenomenal. I mean, Rorschach um, nailed it, right? They, they did really did two diamonds, a mythic, and maybe a, a platinum. I don't remember one platinum. I yeah, I give them a platinum. Yeah. But that I was on the fence about after we talked about it. That maybe I'll change yeah. later. So. Um, yeah, really high. So they're just a great brewery. Really great brewery. So uh, check them out if you're the, in the Toronto area or if you ever get to come out here whenever the pandemic is over, yeah. <laughs> which may be never. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, I got to end on such a depressing note, man. Because, such, a, such a high man. <laughs> because, you know, that's just what everything is like. Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, but it is time for closing time. Uh, you can always reach us on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Arena Regulars to tell us all the things you like about Rorschach Brewery. Yeah. You might run us, run into us on MTG Arena itself. Our username is Arena Regulars Podcast. And if you want to talk to me personally, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Zulberg, Z-E-U-L-B-E-R-G. But Jeff, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter as Blues Brews MTG. Uh, and you can find me on Twitch uh, as Blues Brews. I stream Wednesday and Thursday nights. And then uh, we're going to work in some some sort of uh, streaming these Star City events, I think. Ooh, okay. That sounds really yeah. good. Um, and then please, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you can follow us on um, iTunes and Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere that you can listen to us. You're listening to us right now. Go on YouTube find us as well. Um, it would really make a huge difference for us and we would love any feedback that you have. That'd be great. Yeah, that'd be great. This has been the Arena Regulars. Reminding you never to pick Rakdos in a fantasy MPL draft. Good night. That's fine.